Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. Preparation required. Those are two words you hear all the time. You hear us utter them again and again, and they're precautions that you've seen us advise you to take. You know, before you throw those seed pods and leaves and all that stuff in your aquarium, you need to do some preparation. Why? And, and, and why are we talking about this again? Well, I mean, this is hardly new, right? Well, partially because I literally receive about three to four emails every single week asking what to do with the botanicals after you receive them. Like, should I boil them or something? So some people just aren't seeing this stuff. They're not hearing our podcast. They're not reading our instructional cards, following us on social media. I'm not sure what it is. I mean, you're like, really? Yeah, that's the way it is. I know it's starting to sound a bit repetitive. However, with the world of botanical style aquariums growing at this exponential rate and more and more hobbyists sort of entering the fray, many of whom are enamored by the, you know, the beautiful aesthetics and everything, it's important. Well, it's actually essential to revisit this stuff again and again and again. And really, unfortunately, because pretty much all of the newer vendors into our market space simply seem to, I don't know, how we put it kindly, appropriate some of the stuff we've been sharing out for years, which is great. That helps the community, uh, except when they use it to push their products, which kind of ticks me off, but whatever. Let's at least give these lazy ass guys something useful to share. And since they're not bothering to provide this information on their own anyway, I'll do it. Okay, my mini hate rant is over. So, Fellman, you're really into boiling and steeping these uh, botanicals, aren't you? And yes, I am. And the answer is, why do you do that? I, I mean, I guess that's a, that's a great question, right? And something that we have to think about. Well, to begin with, consider that boiling water is used as a method of making water potable by killing microbes that might be present in the water. Most nasty microbes kind of check out at temperatures greater than about, it's about 60 degrees centigrade, which is like 140 degrees Fahrenheit. For a high percentage of microbes, if the water's maintained at 70 degrees centigrade, it's about 158 degrees Fahrenheit for about 10 minutes, most organisms are killed. Now, some are more resistant to heat and require one more minute at the boiling point of water. And just FYI, the boiling point of water, as you probably know, is 100 degrees centigrade or 212 Fahrenheit. But for the most part, most of the nasty bacteria that we don't want in our tanks or our stomachs are eliminated by this simple process. So wouldn't it make sense to boil our botanicals before we dump them into our aquariums? Yeah, I would. 10 minutes of boiling is like golden in my opinion. Of course, we boil for other reasons too, as we'll touch on in just a bit. For one reason, we boil the botanicals to kill any possible nasty microorganisms which might be present on them. Leaves and the seed pods and all that stuff, they've been subjected to, you know, rain and dust and all sorts of things in the natural environment, which in the confines of an aquarium could introduce unwanted organisms and contribute to the degradation of water quality. And this is like a no-brainer in there, right? And the surfaces and textures of many of these botanical items, such as leaves and seed pods, lend themselves really well to retaining dirt and soot, dust, all that other atmospheric pollutants that, although quietly, you know, quite likely harmless in the grand scheme of things, are not stuff you want to start out with in your aquarium. So we give all of our botanicals a good rinse, and then we boil them. 
Boiling also serves to soften botanicals. Now, if you remember your high school botany, which I actually did for some reason, leaves, for example, are surprisingly complex structures. They have these multiple layers designed to you know, reject pollutants, facilitate gas exchange, drive photosynthesis, and store sugars for the benefit of the plant that they come from. And it's important to get them to release some of the materials which may be bound up in the epidermis, the outer layers, of the leaf. As we get deeper into the structure of a leaf, we find the mesophyll, which is a layer of tissue in which much of photosynthesis takes place. We use only dried leaves in our botanical style aquariums. They get asked this a lot because these leaves, you know, from usually deciduous trees, which naturally fall off the trees in seasons of inclement weather, have lost most of their chlorophyll and the sugars contained within the leaf structures. It's important because having these compounds present, as in living tissues, contributes excessively to the bioload of the aquarium when they're submerged. Now, could you experiment with some of this stuff? You probably could. Now, personally, I feel that we have enough bioload going into our tanks, so why, you know, add to it by using freshly fallen leaves with all the sugars and stuff still largely present, right? I mean, you could. It would be an interesting experiment. Are there variations on my, you know, boiling preparation theme or steeping? Well, sure. Of course there are. Many hobbyists rinse, then they steep their leaves in boiling water rather than a prolonged boil for the simple fact that the exposure to the newly boiled water will accomplish the potential kill of unwanted you know, organisms, which you know, also gives you the ability to soften the leaves by permeating those outer tissues. This way, not only will the softened leaves go to work right away, releasing the tannins and all that humic substances and all that stuff in their tissues, they'll sink more quickly as well. Nobody likes a floating leaf in their tank. Well, some people do, but a lot of you don't. And of course, I know many people who simply rinse and drop, and that works for them too. I've even played with microwave boiling some stuff. It was an idea forwarded to me by our friend Corey Hopkins. It actually works, and it makes your house smell pretty nice too. It's not a perfect science, this whole leaf preparation thing. And I admit, I've changed some of my approaches over the years. I'd be foolish not to. Of course, the fundamental idea behind preparation of botanicals hasn't really changed too much. Leaf preparations evolved quite a bit, actually, though. I mean, many aquarists have developed, you know, simple approaches, you know, to leaf prep that work with a high degree of reliability. Now, there's some leaves like magnolia, for example, which take a longer time to saturate and sink because they have this thick, waxy cuticle layer outside of their, uh, on their tissues. And there's others like loquat, which can be undeniably crispy, <laughs> yet when they're steep, they soften again and work just fine. There's no 100% guaranteed perfect way to prep every botanical or leaf the same way every single time. You have to be flexible and adaptable. So why do we soak after boiling? I mean, this is crazy, right? Well, it's really a personal preference thing. I suppose one could say that I'm excessively conservative on this stuff, really. I personally feel that it releases any remaining pollutants and undesirable organics that might have been bound up in the leaf tissues and released by boiling, which is certainly arguable, but also it's a valid point. And since we're a company dedicated to giving our customers the best possible outcomes, we recommend being conservative and employing that post-boil soak. Post-boil, that sounded great. <laughs> the soak could be for half an hour or an hour or two or even overnight. There's no real science to this. Some, of course, would argue that you're wasting all those valuable tannins and humic substances when you soak the leaves after boiling. And I call total bullshit on that. My response has always been that you might lose some. But since leaves have a... I don't know, a lifespan of weeks or even months after you prepare them. And since you'll see tangible results from them, i.e. tinting of water, for much of this operational lifespan, an overnight soak is no big deal in the grand scheme of things. It just isn't. So don't stress over that, okay? I mean, if you don't want to soak it, that's fine. This is just me. Do what's comfortable for you and okay for your fishes. When it comes to other botanicals like seed pods, the preparation is very similar. 
Again, most seed pods have tougher exterior features and they require that prolonged boiling and soaking to release any surface dirt and contaminants and to saturate their tissues to get them to sink when submerged. Try that with a Carinianna pod or a Sterculia pod. You'll, you'll know what I mean. It takes a while to get these things to sink. And quite simply, each botanical item behaves just a bit differently, and many will require slight variations on that theme of boil and soak. Some are going to really test your patience. They may require multiple boils or prolonged soaking or prolonged boiling for hours or hours to get them to saturate and sink. Those damn things can be a real pain. However, the effort's worthwhile. Now, sure, again, I hear tons of arguments which essentially state that, you know, Fellman these are natural materials and that in nature the stuff doesn't get boiled and soaked before it falls into a stream or a river well damn how could i argue with that well I, I, the only counter argument i have is that these are open systems with a lot more water throughput than our aquariums have right nature might have more efficient evolved systems to handle some forms of nutrient excesses and even pollution it's a delicate balance of course but that's kind of my answer to it i just believe that some steps to prepare botanicals before you add them to your aquariums are not only beneficial because they help cleanse them of some of those you know, pollutants that I mentioned, the practice itself creates ritual in our specialty, which in turn helps to create best practices, which can benefit everybody who plays with these types of aquariums. I even you know, espouse a quick rinse when, rinse when you use our shade tinting sachets. Uh, even though the botanicals contained within the mix are pretty carefully cleaned before they're added to the sachets, that stuff accumulates on them, they sit. Like all botanicals, a quick rinse with water just serves to saturate that real fine blend that's in the little sachets and lets them go to work more quickly. And again, although shade is a carefully formulated, well-tested alternative to, I don't know, dumb old botanical, dumb old tea bags or whatever, it's not a miracle product. It just isn't. Uh, shade is not going to guarantee that you're going to get your wild, you know, cardinal tetras to spontaneously spawn on command. It's not going to cure fungal diseases, etc. It will help you achieve the color effects that you're looking for. It will offer many of the same potential health benefits to your aquatic animals that using our botanicals in your aquariums does in their natural form. Of course, even those benefits are still not fully understood, 100% predictable, or really all that well-defined. I mean, come on, you don't think I can guarantee that kind of stuff, did you? Well, anyway, that, that's, that's my, my two cents on shade. It's a cool product, if I say so myself. In the end, preparation techniques for botanical materials are about as much about, I don't know, prevention as they are about preparation. So to summarize, just by taking the time to properly prepare your botanical additions for use in your aquarium, you're doing all that you can do to exclude unwanted botanic, you know, bacteria, microorganisms, surface pollutants, excesses of sugars, and unwelcome compounds and all that stuff from entering your aquarium. You're just doing something there. And like so many things in our evolving practice of perfecting the botanical style aquarium, developing, testing, and following some basic protocols is never a bad thing. And understanding some of the hows and whys of the process and the reasons for embracing it will hopefully instill into our community the necessity and the pleasures of going slowly, taking the time, observing, tweaking, and evolving our craft for the benefit of the entire aquarium community. You know, I joke about, you know, people copying all the ideas. The information is there for everybody, and that's what's important. We all need to do our part, though, to share best practices and develop them and teach others. The practice of botanical-style aquariums is still really, I don't know, open source. We're all still writing those best practices. And everybody, all of you, are invited to contribute to this process. That's part of how we prepare for greatness in this hobby. That's how we evolve. It is. Anyway, stay engaged. Stay fascinated. Stay observant. Stay excited. Stay involved. And stay patient. And always stay wet. 
Until next time, this is Scott Fellman from 10 and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The 10.